I'm learning daily how to value peace in every area of my life. I, I strive to have peace in my home, my church, my workplace, going on vacation, as well as shopping or any other area of my life. And if something is trying to disturb my peace in these areas, it's time to deal with it. You're now in tune to the Heaven Bound Broadcast with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia. Now prepare to be empowered and equipped with the rich word of God. Notice, if you will, the book of Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Again, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. You being Jesus. Why? Because he trusts in you. Based on that, I want to talk to you from this topic. The Lord is keeping me in perfect peace. The Lord is keeping me in perfect peace peace. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we are so grateful for your presence. I thank you that you not only have you, you've been ministering, Father. You've been ministering, Father. I can't say you just started. You have, you're continually ministering to your people, Father. And we continue to bind the enemy that would try to hinder or stop what the Holy Spirit is doing. And we cast them out. Plead your blood upon this great congregation. And we pray, Father, we receive knowledge and understanding. And I will receive knowledge and understanding. We will take this word and apply it in our everyday life. And Father, I believe that when we leave, excuse me, that when I close, that peace will continue to rule and reign in our lives, Father. Thank you for the peace that passes all understanding. And we love you for this. We give you glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Let those that agree say amen. God's peace is a blessing and a benefit to us as believers. When I mean it's a blessing, God's favor is operating in our life. And not only that, we have his divine protection. And peace is a benefit. It gives us the advantage. It brings about better to us as believers. When you are a person that walks in peace, you operate as a believer, a strong believer. Your life is getting better when you have peace. Now, peace can be defined as tranquility, calmness, completeness, soundness, safety, good health, contentment, as well as prosperity. And when I say I have peace, I'm believing the word of God. I'm operating in the scriptures to see what God is doing in my life. It's a blessing to have confidence that God is and will continue to divinely protect me in the midst of my situation. His calmness and wholeness brings about a feeling of safety and security within me when things may seem chaotic around me. Isn't it good to know that when things are chaotic, you got peace on the inside of you? He gives peace that the inward knowing that he is in me and with me. And as believers, we must continue to increase our faith to the point that we can operate in that level of peace as well as be a witness to others of his peace. I want to tell others about the peace that passes all understanding. The antithesis of peace is conflict. It conflict 
is a clashing or sharp disagreement. It's, and another one is discord, which is a lack of agreement and harmony. Disharmony even to the point of hate. Discord implies that a person inwardly lacks lacks harmony. One of the things I've learned over the years is that when a person is operating in, to me, doesn't have peace, the, the peace doesn't, you can't, you can be, you can be the most calm, calm situation around them, but it's the peace on the inside of them that they're missing. In fact, discord can get to the point that a person will find him or herself at odds or in disagreement with those around them. Now, as humans, I will have an opinion. It may be different from your opinion. That's just where we live. We're not all made alike. God did not make us alike. And thank God he didn't. I, I love the difference that we have in one another. But we need to understand that and not use it as, and let the enemy use it as a place of discord. When I'm operating in discord, I have a tendency to say and do things that will cause distrust among others, which can result in arguments as well as relationships being ruined. I will have people in my family at odds with each other, people at work that can't get along, and even people in the church will become suspicious and distrusting of one another. The root of it goes back to the person who inwardly lacks God's peace and have allowed discord to become a part of their being. Now, we expect the world to act like that, but no, we in the body of Christ, we serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We should operate, amen, as someone who doesn't know Jesus. That's why the proverb writer enlightens us about the person who operates in discord. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 18 through 19. Let's go there. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 18 through 19. And while you're saying it, let me say this to you. These individuals have a distorted version of truth. This person lacks God's peace to the point that it's impacted his or her thinking, their talking, as well as their action. A person who operates in discord is a person who speaks lies. They have a distorted version of truth. So we see this in Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 18, which reads as follows. A heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift in running to evil. So you notice that a heart that it devises comes up with wicked plans and feet that are swift in running to evil. And there's some people that are just quick and run to stuff that's evil. They'll run fast. I mean, they will take off in a heartbeat to see something that is evil. And wicked and twisted thinking and actions are operating in this person. They are swift and quick to do evil. They're mean. They do mean and hurtful things. They plan hurtful things to hurt people. They plan. They go on a social media site. I say, if I say this, I know they are reading and it'll be mean and hurtful to them. This is sad, but unfortunately we see this happening today. Proverbs chapter 6 verse 19. A false witness who speaks lies and one who sows discord among brethren. Again, a false witness who speaks. They utter and inflame. But what are they flaming? Lies. They just tell, they know it's not true, but yet they will still say it. And one, these are also individuals who sows discord. They release discord. They release strife. They release contention among who? Brethren. 
I'm talking about believers. They release it among the believers. This quote will cause a person, even a believer, to sabotage, deliberately destroy, and damage their own blessings, their own benefits, relationships, and as well as their inward peace. It's amazing. They can be in the house of God but not have inward peace. A person who allows discord to operate in them tends to keep drama going, be manipulative, and keep strife and contention going. They can be a danger to themselves as well to others. And that's why yet yet our God is a deliverer. He can deliver you from discord. He can deliver you from disharmony. He can deliver you from not having inner peace. He desires for peace and harmony and wholeness to operate in our lives. When we make when we made the choice to repent, ask God to forgive us and change our way of thinking, we can denounce discord and begin to operate in God's peace. His peace that keeps me. His keep peace that protects me. His peace that causes me to prosper. You ought to make up your mind. I ain't going to let nobody take my peace. Mm-mm. Now, I don't care how mad you get, how crazy you at, or whatever you got to do, I'm not going to let you take my peace. I'm learning daily how to value peace in every area of my life. I I strive to have peace in my home, my church, my workplace, going on vacation, as well as shopping or any other area of my life. And if something is trying to disturb my peace in these areas, it's time to deal with it. It's time to, first of all, bind the devil and cast him out. And secondly, if the devil don't want to go and you want to stay with the devil, I got to separate. I got to separate. In my mind, there's nothing, uh, nothing like enjoying life in a peaceful, loving, and supportive environment. God's peace brings about calmness and contentment. You know, it's amazing to me. You can have peace in one setting, and some people think you too, you too nice, you too peaceful. I'd rather have something with some discord and with some, some drama going on. You can have all that. You can have all that. You can have all that. But I enjoy peace. I like to go to bed at night, amen, knowing peace. I ain't worried about my wife looking, over my, looking at me while I'm sleeping, wondering what's going on in me. I, I, I like that. I like that aspect about that. It's inward peace that comes from the peacemaker who is Jesus. See, Jesus is our peace. He is our safety. He is our wholeness. He is our prosperity. And is uh, he's currently our peace. I like what Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6, how it puts it. So let's go to Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. Isaiah 9 and verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Notice this, that he'll be called the Prince of Peace. He will be the Prince of Wholeness, the Prince of Safety. He is the Prince of prosperity. And see, God has given him that, that name, that authority, and that as well as a reputation to be called the Prince of Peace. Not only the Prince of Peace, he's wonderful. He can counsel you out of every situation that you get yourself into. I love that about God. And see, when you get counsel from God, it should give you peace. As long as you want to do what he say, now you want to buck against him, that's wholly different. But God gives you a word, and that word should help you to walk in 
peace. He's also the mighty God. He's mighty and that mighty, that his mightiness will cause peace to happen in your life. That means God can bring you out of whatever you get yourself into. He's the everlasting father. He is an everlasting father or provider. And, I, and of course, he is the prince of peace. In my opinion, Jesus was and still is the most peaceful person who has ever walked on the earth. I know we read about, amen, the things that he's done, but in my mind, he is still the most peaceful person that has put on an earth suit and walked among us. I believe that. I believe that God is still the most peaceful person you have ever read about in scripture. Even though he kicked over uh, the, in the month, he's kicked over those People that came into his church and said, you made my house into a den of thieves instead of a house of prayer. He is still the most peaceful person that has ever walked on the earth. Because he could have did a whole lot worse if he wanted to. But he that because of his peace, that's all that he did. And the most peaceful person ever walked on earth, in my opinion, is Jesus. And that same Jesus left us his peace with us. He left it for us. He said, you know, I leave my peace with my people. And the most peaceful person who ever walked on earth leaves us his peace. He said, you know what? My people need that my peace. My people need peace. They need prosperity. They need wholeness. They need calmness. They need tranquility. Because I believe in, in my estimation, he knew we couldn't do it on our own. He said, no, I can't, I can't leave Dobbs out there to figure out peace because if I leave him to figure out peace, he might not do it the way I want it done. He might try to pull out something and try to go behind his back and, and say, hold on, y'all wait one minute till I come back. Y'all remember them crazy folks used to say, hey, wait till I come back. I never waited till they came back. Never. I didn't want to know what they were doing. I didn't know what they had in their car. I ain't got to see nothing going on. I'm gone. Because I ain't waiting for nobody to go to their car till they come back. And so he, he is the greatest thing person that ever walked this earth. He loves us so much he provides tranquility and calmness for our mind as well as safety from the enemy. Let's go to John 14 and 27. The book of John chapter 14 and verse 27. Because I thank God he, I, he didn't leave me to figure out this peace thing. He don't need me to figure it out. He don't need me to give advice about how to get half peace neither. He don't need me to give you, listen, let me tell you how you get peace. What you do is, no, he don't need me to do that right here. He need, I need his advice on how to get peace. I need God's way of peace for my life. And I need to be able to, him, I say, okay, God, how do I have peace, God? And then he'll show me through his word. Now, now let me show you what, what he said here in John 14 and 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, ne neither let it be afraid. One point I want to make before I go into this is that the world got a peace too it gives to you. The world got a peace it gives to you. Don't, and that's a pseudo peace. It's not the real thing. It's not godly peace. Godly peace is different than the world's peace. Always understand that. So when the world's talking about, I'm going to show you how to have peace. No, no. Oh, this ain't godly peace. Because this peace is probably temporary. This peace is because everybody around them is calm. No, 
this peace we want is what God gives us. So he says, peace, safety, harmony, and prosperity, I leave with you. I leave it with you. My peace, I give it to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart, let, let not your mind, your will, and emotions be troubled. Don't let it be agitated. Don't have inward commotion. Neither let it be afraid, fearful as well as timid. See, the enemy knows that once we begin to rest and place our confidence in God's peace, that the doorway to healness, wholeness, unity, and prosperity opens up. Therefore, as an enemy and that person that opposes God, that person who is in contrast to God, he is after our peace. The enemy will use any means necessary to destroy our peace. He'll use any means necessary. He'll have you some get people in your life that he knows that will bring disharmony and discord and cause you not to walk in God peace. He'll have them to bump bump on you. He'll have them to call you. He'll have them to bring a problem to you that you, that you know you ain't got nothing to do with, but yet he'll they'll bring that problem to you. They'll bring it to you. And, and I mentioned earlier, discord is a tool that the enemy will use to destroy our peace. If we're not careful, it would destroy us as well. Have you find yourself, and I've been guilty of this, worried about stuff that when you looked at it from, from hindsight, hey, I ain't got nothing to do with that right there. That ain't me. I, why am I, listen, why am I losing sleep over somebody else's nonsense? Lord, look how you're looking. That was me. I'm, I'm telling you, I was guilty, so y'all pray my strength in the Lord. I cannot allow the world to show me, you know, the wor- wor- world to show me how to operate in peace. Now, John chapter 10, verse 10. Let's go there. John chapter 10, verse 10. The enemy comes to steal, he comes to kill, and he comes to destroy The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. See, the enemy is a thief. A thief has certain traits. He or she, they settle. They like to fit in so they can get in. He or she cares about, excuse me, only cares about him or herself. They have no real regard or respect for others despite what they say outwardly. A thief's mindset is that they're all about me and I will do and say whatever I need to do to get what I want. The end game of a thief is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And one of the things about a thief, a thief likes to be sneaky. Mm-mm. A thief likes to be sneaky. He liked that, that thief liked to be sneaky. That thief, that thief would like to go in and get the stuff or cause discord or do whatever and you not even know that the thief in there. That thief is sneaky. You got to watch out for the thief. He come to steal. He come to kill. He come to destroy. And if he can get an added bonus, he'll cause some discord into your situation, your circumstance. Have you blaming other folks for something that the thief done? Have you mad and upset with stuff that he does and causing discord? Have you mad at your brothers and sisters in Christ, even though the thief is the one that caused the discord? Have you mad at your family, even though it's the thief that came to steal, kill, and destroy? Have you mad with your brothers and sisters in Christ, thinking they're against you, but yet it's the thief that brought that fault? 
He come to steal. He come to kill. He come to destroy. How many of you know we need God's peace to keep us and protect us when the thief tries to come into our lives? Tell your neighbor, I need God's peace. Ooh, I need his peace. The thief ha- ha- will have a person looking calm on the outside, but on, but on the inside, they'll be at war in, within internally, I should say. They'll look calm on the outside. They'll look like everything is going fine. They'll be sitting there eating their dinner, but on the inside, they will be at war internally. They need God's peace. They'll be sitting there. Listen, you, you could be sitting there and quote unquote talking to them, but their mind is going to a different place because why? They got war going on internally. The thief is a, is a listen, don't, the thief hadn't, didn't just start yesterday, y'all. He's been working for years. He knows people. He knows what gets people upset. He knows how to get people distracted off the very thing that will give them peace. So therefore, you got to watch out for the thief. You'll be working somewhere and, and, and the enemy will say, hey, they don't even like you. And, and you ain't careful. You'll be all day thinking about these folks don't like you. And they really ain't thought nothing about you. But because the thief came in and dropped that thought in your life. The thief will come in your life and have you discord between family members about some stuff that really don't even matter. The thief will have you at discord with your fellow church sisters and brothers in Christ with stuff that really isn't that big. He's a thief. He's a thief. He's a thief. They allow allow the thief to come and rob them indirectly as well as directly. The enemy will, will let us come to church in our Sunday best and even operate in ministry, but still have an inward, inwardly agitated, frustrated, at odds with Jesus, our sisters and brothers in Christ, and even our spiritual leaders. Why? Because the thief has came. And remember, he's sneaky. The thief's sneaky, y'all. I'm, I'm telling you, he's sneaky. Sometimes you can just look back and it, it, you can discern, oh, that's a thief right there. That's not that person. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, power, spiritual wickedness in high places. You ain't careful. You'll be getting mad at flesh and blood, but it's really the thief behind the flesh and blood. You have to know the difference. You got to be able to discern. You got to be able to talk to God. And you know, and sometimes, let's be real, people work with the thief too. People work with the thief. Don't get me wrong now, because you know, the, listen, the thief may drop the thought, but they the one who said it. And so that's why you can't react too quickly when people say certain things. Because some people know how to, the, excuse me, the enemy, if he ain't careful, as I already pushed your button one time, he'll try to push your button again. Maybe use a different vessel, but push the same button. You got to watch out for the enemy. The enemy come to steal, he come to kill, he come to destroy. You got to watch out because, you know, I'm sure most of us in the sanctuary got some type of button. If you push it the right way, we're going to react a certain way. And and let me say this to you. The enemy been watching you for as long as you've been living. So, you know, he got a file on you. And and that file ain't lying. You have you have you have did that very thing right there. That file ain't lying. They know when you get in that certain situation. Boom, 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 boom. Oh, there you go. So that's why you got to make the enemy out of a lie. You got to get in that same situation and say, hey, I'm going to have the peace of God this time. I tell you, one of my goals for 2023 is not to blow it everybody that's standing at the red light longer than two seconds. I, that's one of my goals. 
Because that, that's one of my buzz right there. That, I'm just being real. I'm being real. That's one of the things that pushed me. I'm sitting there, you ain't moved yet. It's green. You're supposed to be, listen, the bright light's supposed to come off, and you're supposed to be moving as soon as, the, as, soon as it turned green. You know, folks, be, these days looking at their phone. I took that out. It's still early, y'all. We're in April, so I got a long way to go. Long way to go. So y'all pray my strength in the Lord. But see, I, I, you got to know yourself, though. This is what I'm saying. You got to know yourself what the, but, the buzz in your life is, because therefore, the enemy that play with your buzz, and, and you know, most of us know ourselves. We pretend like, no, nah, I don't get mad at that. Please. You know you. <laughs> you know you. And so you got to know what the buttons that push in your life so in turn you don't react like that you used to. All right? Because why? You got peace now. You got peace that passes what? All understand. They may will, will try to get you to do things. Coming to church is an avenue to receive God's peace if we take heed to the written and revealed word. Yet, coming to church is not the only answer. We have to come hungry and humble before God, seeking change, seeking wholeness, seeking the Prince of Peace, and that is Jesus. See, God's peace will protect and keep us mentally, emotionally, financially, and such like. His peace will bring about happy marriages, happy single people, happy co-workers, happy Christians and so forth. God's peace restores families as well. Let's go to Philippians chapter 4 and verse 7. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And the peace of God, which surpasses all our understanding, will guard or protect or keep our hearts through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank God he keeps our heart and our minds through Christ Jesus. Thank God he keeps us. He keeps our thoughts, our purposes, our mental perception, perception through Christ Jesus. See, the peace of God will guard our heart and our mind. Notice the peace will guard it. It's going to guard it. His peace will protect our desires, our passions, as well as our appetites. One thing that peace does, it helps you to have the right appetites, the right desires, and the right um, things that you're going after. The peace does. Because why? You're thinking better. You're, you're, you're thinking better. You're thinking calmer. You're, think, you're not making a rash decision. Because why? You got the peace of God that passes all understanding. When people are panicking, you're like, okay, I got peace here. Confusion and chaos is around you, but you got peace. Listen, they go, and listen sooner or later, you're going to run across a chaotic situation. But the thing is, how are you going to react when you get in that situation? Are you going to panic like everybody else and start running around like you don't know what you're doing? Or are you going to have peace that passes all understanding? This is a choice we all must make. And allow that peace to keep us. And one thing I was thinking about it, uh, when, um, in John 14, 27, God said, I leave you my peace and I bestow it upon you. That means he give it to you. It don't cost you nothing. Ooh, thank you, God, for giving me peace. Bestow literally means I'm going to give it to you and don't cost you anything. I paid for the price. I'm giving you peace that passes all understanding. It's not going to cost you anything. For you, you can't pay for God's peace. In other words, you ain't got enough money to pay for God's peace. You ain't got enough whatever you do to pay for God's peace. You can't pray enough to get God's peace. You got to have peace that passes. 
passes all understanding. Thank you, God, for your peace that passes all understanding. Thank you, Lord. I'm glad you didn't charge me nothing for it. Because really, I couldn't pay for the peace that God gives. Because I've been in a situation, I, I thought, I, I remember thinking on the inside, I should be panicking right now. But God gave me, kept me calm. Okay, God, that's your peace working right here. I mean, I should be panicking. I should be going, woo! Because people around me were, woo! But God gave me peace. And I, don't, I take no credit for that because I realized in another time, less mature, oh yeah, I've been hollering out like the rest of them. But God gave me peace. God gave me peace. And I appreciate God giving me peace. How many appreciate God's peace? Amen. And in his peace, that keeps our desires and, and things and people that shouldn't be in our life that people that shouldn't be a part of our life continue to keep them out. Continue to keep them out. The Lord is so good to us that he keeps our purpose and thoughts so that we can focus on accomplishing his will. The peace of God that is essentially making us think and act with the mind of Christ because his peace comes with power. Power that is greater than the outside circumstance that would try to hinder or distract us. Therefore, I am grateful for the peace of God that guards my heart and my mind. Can I be honest with you? My, my heart and my mind need guard. It need guard. I, I, I try to protect it myself, but it don't work too good when I do it myself. Because stuff get past me. You see, see right there? All of a sudden, the enemy throw a thought right here. Called the wild of the devil. I can try to stop it, but it, it comes one way, then it comes another way. It keeps coming, comes through my eye gate, comes through my ear gate, comes through senses and so forth. I got all types of things going on. I can touch something and then peace can leave my life. I can hear something and peace can change, could change my life. Oh, excuse me, my peace could go if I'm not careful. I can say something and mess up peaceful situations. Oh, thank y'all for amens right there. Okay, I know we're talking about peace that passes all understanding, but can, can I ask this maybe two or three people to be honest with me? Have you ever said something that messed up a peaceful situation? Let me raise my hand. Let me go and put, let me put, hold on. raise all these up in here. I have said stuff that messed up a peaceful situation. So I need God to guard my. So that's why I need his peace, okay? I need his peace. I need his peace. His peace puts me in position to hear from God and block out the outside noises that will bring chaos and confusion to my decision making, be it spiritual or natural decision. We need to block out the outside chaoses and confusion that try to cause chaos, confusion, and decision-making. And that means the enemy will try to destroy a person's peace by bringing in outside confusion and chaos. He knows that God's peace adds value to our lives and will cause us to be be productive. Jesus promised he promised us peace. Thank God for his peace. His peace is a gift that was bestowed upon us as believers. We saw that in John 14, 27. When we repent of our sins and accept him as Lord and Savior, we gain access to his peace. And God's peace comes with purpose. He's intentional in granting us his 
peace. And so let's look at the plan and purpose of God's peace. His peace desires to rule our heart. His peace desires to rule our heart. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 15. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 16. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you also were called in one body and be thankful. And let the peace of God, let the harmony of God, the safety of God, the prosperity of God. Who's it come from? God. It comes from God. It's not our peace. It's God's peace. But when it gets there, it's going to rule. It's going to umpire. It's going to make decisions. It's, it's going to control some things in our hearts. Our heart is where, is where the seat of our affections, our endeavors, and our purposes is, to which you were also called in one body and be thankful. Yes, we are so grateful for his peace. How many grateful for his peace? Amen. So grateful. So grateful. So grateful. God desires for his peace to be the umpire in our hearts. See, the umpire's role in a baseball game is to the person is, is to the person who rules on the plays and the games, who sees the rules of the games are not broken. A good umpire is knowledgeable, knows the rules, and has sound judgment. See, Jesus, all-knowing, all-powerful, powerful has the best judgment. See, the umpire is going to give you the best judgment, help you to make decisions in your everyday life. When they help you, say, hey, you know you need to pray. Hey, you know you need to fast. Hey, you know you need to treat that person right. It's the umpire of peace. He desires to be the umpire in our hearts, to call the plays, to help ensure that us, we keep his word, to help us ensure that our thinking, actions, and deeds are in line with the word of God. He's the ultimate umpire. He uses and never misses a play. Never misses a play. He sees everything. In fact, according to John 16 and 13, he's going to show you things to come. He's going he's gonna to umpire that before it even get there. You know, God knows this stripe even before the pitcher throw the pitch. Who shot that side? Woo! He knows there's a ball even before the pitcher throws the ball. He knows what's getting ready to happen in your life. Doesn't that give us the advantage? Sometimes God say, hey, don't mess with that right there. He ain't even seen it yet. God knows what's coming up in your life. He shows you things to come. Isn't God wonderful to show us things to come? I mean, you, God is so good. He'll tell you, hey, you need to pray before you go to work tomorrow. Because you know, you don't know what's going to happen. He just said, pray. He said, look, plead the blood over the job tomorrow. Plead the blood. I back throw some extra blood up there because you got some stuff going on. You're like, what's going on, God? He may not tell you, but you know you better follow his instruction, though. Because why? He's the umpire. And he's showing you things to come. And when you do plead the blood over that job, then what happens is you, the things that were there are not going to be as bad if you had not pleaded the blood. You may have to deal with some stuff, but it ain't going to be as bad as it could have been. You would never know how worse, how bad it could be unless God took away his peace from that situation. See, peace says, I believe your word despite what I see, despite what I got coming my way. Thank you for your peace, God. We might miss the play. We might miss something. But his peace desires for us to, to be the umpire of our hearts and our minds and bring about oneness with Jesus, his word, and others in the faith. Number two, his peace gives us power to deal with, carnal, with the carnal nature. Romans chapter 8, verse 6. Romans chapter 8, verse 6. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and 
peace. Again, to be carnally minded, to be to have the nature of man without divine influence. Carnally minded. Carnally minded. I don't have divine influence, but I got thoughts and I got purposes, but they're not under divine influence. That leads to death, separation from life or separation from God. But the Bible says this, to be spiritually minded, Holy Spirit led is life. It's real and it's genuine. Remember John 10, 10, the thief come not but to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. That's the life that God wants us to have. That's the life he wants us to have. And that life brings about peace, a blessed state, tranquility, harmony, as well as prosperity. As good as we dress our fleshly body up and make changes to look better and feel better, it's good and, and, hey, hey, and it's good to do better and look better. We can be talented, gifted, and know how to do the right things to the right people. Our flesh is still not under divine influence of God. Given the right situation and circumstance, our flesh can lead us down a path of destruction and death, both spiritually as well as naturally. Paul was telling the church uh, believers in Rome and Villarica about the potential of harm that our flesh can cause us. When we, we get born again, born of the water and the spirit, we take on that new nature of Christ. We invite the spirit of Christ to come into our lives and save us from our flesh, our fleshly desires. When I say flesh, I'm talking about fleshly desires, ungodly desires that will try to come up in your life. As long as you're in the flesh, you got to watch out for ungodly desires. I don't care how long you've been saved. You can be saved for 42 years, but you got to watch out for ungodly desires. Because let me tell you something, you can grow up in the church, but you got to watch out for ungodly desires. Nobody's immune from that. Nobody's immune from that. That flesh can act up on you. That's why you got to stay with Jesus. And then, like David, quickly to repent. Ask God, change your heart when it comes to sin. Now, when we, when God gives us power to deal with our flesh, when we become spiritually minded, spiritually minded, he gives us life and peace. In my opinion, it's important to be spiritually minded because it leads to life and peace. And let me say this to you. I've lived long enough to understand when your flesh act up. That's why you need to be spiritually minded because your flesh will act up. I mean, it act up. I mean, your flesh, it won't be want stuff. I mean, I, 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 let, let me just put this on the table. Don't tell nobody I told you all this, okay? I've been in a situation where I've ate, and I've ate, and I ate good too, y'all. You know, but I still wanted some more dessert. Flesh just said, hey, I want it to look good. It looked good to the eyes. I tasted it. It tasted good. And I said, I, whew, I shouldn't eat it, but you know what I did? I ate another piece. I ate another piece. As I was eating it, I said this right here. I know I shouldn't have ate that. Because <laughs> your flesh going to act up. I give you that example, but you can think about anything else you can put in that situation. Anything else. Your flesh going to try to act up, y'all. Now, yours may not, but mine will, all right? This is the thing I understand. We got to be spiritually minded. Being spiritually minded help us to deal with the flesh under the guise of the Holy Spirit. We enjoy the blessings, benefits, and advantages that God's peace brings in our life. See, God's peace brings harmony, 
unity and it preserves us. It brings about that agreement and unity and preserves us. When God's peace is in us, we can better, we, we can expect better. Better is here, better is coming. Bigger is here, bigger is coming. Peace and prosperity is here and peace and prosperity is coming. We, we've seen throughout scripture why we need God's peace operating in us and keeping us. Which brings us back to the main text, Isaiah. Isaiah is an Old Testament prophet and speaking to us about God's peace and the power that it has to guard and preserve us. God's peace has keeping power. Keeping power. I've seen God's peace keep people for years. 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 I'm talking about years. I've seen God's peace keep marriages together. I've seen God's peace keep people on jobs that they probably would have quit if it weren't for God's peace. I've seen God's peace keep people, amen, with family members. If they didn't have God's peace, they would have told all of them, hit the bricks and kept rolling. You need God's peace. I need God's peace. I need it. I need it. I need God's peace. God's peace will keep you calm when you want to not be calm. Is that, is that calm enough for y'all? See, God's peace will keep you calm even though you don't want to be calm. Oh, you want, I'm not in the store and they messing with your money. You don't want to be calm. But God's peace will keep you calm. They mess up your order. God's peace will keep you calm while you take it back. Hey, y'all messed up my order. Then they look at you like it's your fault. God's peace will keep you while you're dealing with this situation. God's peace will keep you in every area of your life. Somebody say, thank God for his peace. Isaiah 26, verse 3, you will keep him in perfect peace. You're going to keep him in perfect peace. Perfect peace. Thank God for perfect. You're going to keep me, God. You're going to guard me and preserve me in your perfect or complete or complete or sound peace. We have a promise from God. We know that all the promises of God in him are yes and amen, according to 2 Corinthians 1 and 20. See, God promised to preserve our peace, our wholeness, and safety, and prosperity. And preserve means to maintain and protect. Those conditions that's in the text, God's promises do his part, but my condition is the second clause. Second clause is, whose mind is stayed on you. Whose mind, whose purpose is stayed on Lean upon and support it on Jesus because he trusts in Jesus. He has confidence. He feels safe and secure in his word. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, God. I have to keep my mind and my purpose on Jesus. If I'm going to be a person who is going to have the peace, I need to keep it on Jesus. You know what I'm saying? I keep it on Jesus. I trust him with the results. I don't, it don't look like it's going to work for my good, but you said it was God. You said that you, you were giving my heart's desire. It don't look like it, but I trust you with it, God. And I'm secure in that. I can't be secure in my own ability, in my own strength, because I don't have the power and enough of power and ability to get it done. But God got the power to get it done. You know that all things are working for your good right now? Right now. Right as I speak to you right now, things are working for your good. 
It's working for your good. You can rest in that. You can go to sleep on that right now. Listen, while everybody else is worried about what we going to do, y'all, what we going to do? Well, what Dom said, he's sleep. He watching TV over there on the corner. He over there, he, look, he watching the movie. Why should you worry about things that God going to take care of? Thank y'all for the four amens right there. Do you trust him enough to say, hey, God, if you don't do it, it won't get done. It won't get done. I'm going to do my part, but God, I trust you to do your part. This is the thing I got to do. When I do my part, I got to trust God to do his part. You got to have safe net. Listen, when you work on a job and they give you this, this assignment that seemed like, what in the world they give me this assignment for? And you say, hey, I'm going to do it anyway. And you do the best you can do. You trust God with the rest of it. You trust God with the rest of it. Because can't nobody do you like Jesus. Can't nobody do you like who? Jesus. You got to trust him with him. You got to trust him with the, uh, the, the results, I should say. You got to trust him with the results. It's the reason. Hallelujah. Thank God for Jesus, who's mine. We got to keep our mind on Jesus. We got to trust in Jesus. I got to keep my mind and my purpose on Jesus, despite what I see and what it looks like. That's why Isaiah 26 and 3 says this. You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. The, the Lord going to do his part, y'all. He's going to do his part, but we got to do our part. And one of the things I've found out that the enemy will try to do, he'll try to distract you from what God is doing. You want to find distraction? Get ready to come to church. You want to find distraction? Get ready to study your Bible. You want to find distraction? Get ready to pray. Boy, you're going to find some distraction. Watch out for distraction because the cares of life can try to distract you. Family drama can try to distract you. Work drama can try to distract you. School drama can try to distract you. Church drama can try to distract you. Worry and anxiety can try to distract you. Anger and inward jealousy and inward emotions toward your sisters and brothers in Christ can distract you. But distractions come to take you away from the will of God. Distractions come to take you away from the will of God. In fact, they will slowly separate you from having a desire to pray, hear the word of God, come to church, spend time with like-minded believers because of distractions. And it's good for us to allow Isaiah 26 and 3 to operate in us. He's going to keep us in perfect peace in the midst of distractions. Thank God that he knows how to keep us when life tries to distract you. Let me say this to you. Let me say this to you. I'm about to close. Distractions going to come. Distractions going to come. I, I, I wish I could tell you I could bind distractions up in the name of Jesus and cast them out. And you never have to deal with distractions again. But unfortunately, they're going to come. They're going to come. Sometimes distractions, and I've been guilty of this, my phone has distracted me. Let me give you one quick example. One, one app I like, and I know I shouldn't, but I like it anyway, TikTok. TikTok has distracted me more than one time, y'all. Some of my favorite shows I like to see on TV, I record them. Woo! They distract me, y'all, sometimes. They distract me. 
I got a show out right now called Superman and Lois. Boy, Boy, that distract me. Flash, distract me. Distract me. Stuff like that can distract me. Now, I don't know what your distraction is, but you got to recognize it and bring it before God and say, God, don't let this thing distract me from what I need to do. I tell you, I used to stop throwing the TV out the door. No, 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 don't get nothing, nothing like that. But understand your distractions and when they take you away from the will of God, when you should do and when you shouldn't do. Y'all follow me now? Now, my last statement is this. I believe as our trust grows in God's written and revealed word, we will continue to keep our mind on him and expect him to be, to keep us in perfect peace. I believe if our trust grows in God's written and revealed word, we will continue to keep our mind on him and expect him to keep us in perfect peace. Amen. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's message. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your prayer requests and testimonies to our website at OCCVR.org. That's OCCVR.org. We would like to invite you to partner with us as we share the gospel all around the world. Just go to our website at OCCVR.org. Click on the Give button to give online. Or you can utilize text to give Text GIVE to the number 770-692-2225. That's 770-692-2225. Join us on our YouTube channel, subscribe to our podcast, and connect with us on social media. We also invite you to join us in a live service. We're located at 3097 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia. Visit our website for more details at OCCVR.org. Until next time, remember, without a vision, the people perish. See you next time for more Heaven Bound with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia.